Hi, hello. Welcome to the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'm Michael Foreman, author. Hi again, it's Michael Foreman, author, calling to you all the way from the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast in lovely Western Australia. It's blowing a gale out at the moment. Blue skies, but it is windy. You can't see that on the podcast, but trust me, that's what's happening outside the windows today. I'm Michael Foreman, author, author of some quite unique dark adult fiction regarding sexless marriages, narratives that speak about a sexless marriage I'm very familiar with, my own. Uh, I don't talk about the book itself on the podcast, I just make people aware. I talk about sexless marriages, what happened in my sexless marriage, which is now past tense, and also current sexless marriages that are going on out there. So I said mine was past tense. That was some 20 plus years ago now, and I still have memories of how bad it was and how bad it got. And you are probably living with the same memories right now on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I remember I would wake up in the morning and think, well, today today it's not going to happen. I'm sure it's not going to happen. And it didn't happen. Uh, I was optimistic in the, in the beginning, as you are probably optimistic about the way things might happen in the course of the day. But as the years pass, it wears you down. Reality kicks in. The chances of you having intimacy with your partner is getting less and less. And your frustration, maybe your anger or even your bitterness is growing exponentially as your frustration grows as well. Anyway, I got to that point of exploding and ended up writing a book about the experience. Now, it's basically fact wrapped around a ton of fiction in order to make the story more entertaining because I couldn't make a story based on, oh, woe is me. That doesn't read very well to the uh, general audience. But if you add in a few extra characters and a few extra events to make it tantalizing, then I think yes. It also includes an affair that I had. You'll just have to read the pages to figure out what's real and what's not. But I'm sure as you're reading it, if you are in a sexless marriage yourself, you'll realize and recognize much of yourself in the situation, uh, especially when it comes to our protagonist having to make decisions about the marriage, about what you do while you're not having sex, what you do when you're thinking about sex. And it's free. And that's all I'm going to talk to you about at the moment until I get to the very end of the podcast. Today's podcast is about the nasty things our partners say to us. Our spouses often drop us little bombshells. They don't see it when they're doing it. Or sometimes they do. Maybe they know exactly how damaging it is and they purposely toss us a line to make us feel bad about ourselves. My partner, I'm sure, didn't do it intentionally, but... The end result was a bombshell. And some of these phrases I pulled up around the internet, and I'll give you a couple of my own that I experienced during the course of a a 10-year marriage. It's interesting because our partners spend a lot of time deflecting us, rejecting us, um, denying us certain things in the relationship, certainly as far as sex is concerned, denying us sex. And... Then there comes a point where they're pushed up against a wall, psychologically speaking, and they have nothing else left to do. My wife would busy herself with lots of things. If I was indoors, she was outdoors. If I was outdoors, she was indoors doing something. 
She get herself on panels and committees and all kinds of clubs so that we didn't spend so much time together. She encouraged me to get involved in hobbies so that I didn't spend so much time thinking about the sexless marriage, I would imagine. Whether she thought that deep, I don't know. I'm sure there was some kind of subliminal message coming out from the, the back blocks of her mind suggesting that I had to get involved with something so that I didn't reach out to touch her. But we had uh, 10 years, a 10-year marriage, and I think we had sex maybe four times. Um, and that was in the first couple of years, and then nothing after that. That was the order of the day for me. And she spent her days figuring out things to do. She'd have calendars and clocks and diaries everywhere. If you read the book, you'll see this section stick out to you almost right away. But she also had a, a clock in the toilet to measure how long it took her to do her business in there. So she didn't want to waste any minutes of the day. And I mean, we were really, we were really stressed at that stage. We were having counselling every four weeks, sometimes every two weeks for an hour. And I brought it up with the counsellor. I said, look, you know, my wife is really booking her days up with things to do, so much so that we've got a clock in the shower, we've got a clock in the toilet, we've got a diary here and calendars there, and we've got something on the go all the time. We really don't have time for each other. And I think she does it purposely. Anyway, he would say, well, maybe we need to throw some of those things out, you know, take out the choir, take out the panel meetings, take out something like that. And of course, my wife didn't want to do that because that would open up too many options to have sex. Crazy world, isn't it? I mean, I don't even know why I was in the picture. I think she just wanted a platonic marriage. But anyway, I'll get back to talking about that towards the end of this podcast. Nasty things our spouses say to us. Here's one. So my husband doesn't even remember saying this to me, but I will never forget. Years ago, our sex life was declining and I asked him why he never looks at me down there anymore. His reply was, I have already seen it. Hmm. You know when you, you meet each other for the first time and you finally make your way into the bedroom, you're kind of all over each other, aren't you? Now, I don't know whether that's for you. I'm generalising things here a bit. But, you know, you explore, don't you? And you go to great troubles to wear something different and say something quirky and go out to new places. And then when you finally disrobe and you're getting into business, you know, you nothing's off the table, usually. And then suddenly it all changes. He or she doesn't want to have anything to do with you down there. That might be you. Here's another one. Near the end of our marriage, we were having sex and she looked down at me and said, you're weak. And the author says, the message was, I was weak for needing sex. Um, when I read the posts after that particular message, nearly all the respondents said there's no such thing as being weak for having sex. But our spouses will say the dumbest things at the dumbest times and uh, yeah there's nothing weak for wanting sex it's part of human life it's not a part of some humans lives the asexual people of this world they, they're not really interested in sex that much and that's perfectly fine i think if you're an asexual you should stick your hand up in the air and say look I, i'm an asexual i really don't want sex <laughs> and that way we all know what the deal is but even asexuals don't always know they're asexual it's very similar to gay, lesbian and bisexual. 
Sometimes we don't know our sexuality until later on in life, until we've had an experience or two that kind of suggests that we are more than what we first assumed. Here's another one. My wife once told me the thought of touching her makes my skin crawl. It kind of felt like an anvil was being dropped on my head. Hmm. Intimacy requires skin touching. <laughs> skin crawling is something entirely different. Yeah, that's a big insult. I would have probably had a, an instant soft on from that. Here's another one. And it's in the same vein, but this one's from a female instead. I found that after a long time of sex being off the table, the thought of him touching me intimately made my skin crawl. Not that he was a bad person, but it was sort of the same way the thought of having sex with my brother would make my skin crawl. And that's from a, a person in a sexless marriage. Not the opposing spouse, but the spouse who is suffering from the sexlessness. Crazy, isn't it? You can eventually turn yourself inside out and hating your spouse, touching you for not having intimacy. I know I got to that way. I had to really think hard because if she ever showed any interest in that way, I knew that it was entirely selfish on her part. Here's another one. My wife, on many occasions, simply has gotten angry with me for suggesting sex. It's then followed by a long dose of lectures and reprimanding for being insensitive to her and how her day and how hard her week has been. That was a good deflection. Let's not talk about sex. Let's talk about how evil you are for suggesting, one, to have sex, and also let's, two, talk about how difficult my day has been, which I suppose excuses the spouse from participating in sex and also having to answer the questions towards sex. Deflections are a good way of shifting the blame to something else. And this one. I still love you. I'm just not in love with you. I bet a few of you have had that line thrown your way. I think I even had it one time. Right towards the end. When it was deserved, of course, because I could have very well said the same thing to my wife. I liked her a lot. I respected her as a human being. Her potential for great things was probably immeasurable and I think she has gone on to do great things now but as far as the bedroom is concerned and the mutual sexual needs is concerned she had nothing nothing at all I still want our family to be together for the kids so I just focus on them not you oh, shot through the heart and you're to blame yep okay put it on the kids that's just confirmation that you're not interested in me anymore. What a terrible thing to say. This one's from a female who heard it in the bed at the time of having sex. I don't know why we ended up being married. Ouch, that has got to hurt. You're in the throes of having sex or just recently been in throes of having sex and you've got that nice, warm feeling, especially if you've been in a sexless marriage, you've just got some kind of light shone into your life and suddenly your spouse says, I don't know why we ended up being married. Pull the curtains over, turn the lights off. <laughs> We're all going home. God, they certainly can be crazy towards us, can't they? 
my own wife said to me several times, is that all you think about? Even when we went to the counsellor's office and talked in a three-way session, she brought it up a couple of times. She said, is that all you ever think about? My response was, is that all you don't want to think about? She went to great pains to make sure that she didn't engage in sex, didn't talk about sex. And every time it came up in a discussion, she would say, is that all you think about? And I would respond with, is that all you don't want to think about? It was a stalemate, obviously. There's no answer to the question. She's got a lot of things to talk about. I've got a lot of things to say and basically doesn't go anywhere. You're still not in the bedroom. You're still not having sex. And it's definitely not sexy to talk about these things. The pressure is on, which is just a big turn off. And one time when we're on vacation and we had some time to ourselves, she said, don't think for a second that we're doing that. I'm on holidays. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. I remember that so vividly because I'd planned to have some time away. I definitely needed some time with her. I definitely needed some intimate time, or I believed we needed some intimate time after all the counselling, the arguments, the debates, the deflections, the booking up of time in the diaries and the calendars and watching all the clocks and making sure that every second of the day was busy doing something, not having sex. And I went to great pains to make sure that we had just our time to ourselves. And then she hits me with a broadside. I'm on holidays, meaning I'm on holidays from that. And my internal voice was going, how is it possible that you can have a holiday from something you don't do? The holiday, if it is a holiday, would be to engage in sex. That would be the change. Yes, I sound a little bitter. <laughs> For good cause. It was 10 years of sexlessness. We didn't have any children, thank God. And it followed a celibate time beforehand. So it was a long time without sex. A lot of promises were made. But nothing came off. And even when we were on holidays, there wasn't time for sex. She'd pick up a book and read it. And if our itinerary wasn't already booked up to the eyeballs with tripping around and sightseeing, we'd be inside the room reading books. What are the, some of the nasty things your spouse has said to you? Whether they did it deliberately or inadvertently, whether they meant to hurt you or not, what have they said to you? Drop me a line at the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'd like to hear some of those weird and wonderful things that our spouses say to us, and maybe even put them up here on the podcast in a future episode so that others can listen. You can contact me through the podcast. Uh, the origin of the podcast is from anchor.fm. So you may have picked it up through your favorite podcast app, but the original RSS file, that is the, the source file that you're listening with, is coming from anchor.fm. If you go back to anchor.fm, type in the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast, look for this episode, you'll be able to send me an audio file and I'll be able to hear what you say. If you want to write me, you can come to my website at michaelformanwriting.com, michaelformanwriting.com. Look for me there. You can send me a message on the website and I'll respond accordingly, maybe even again put it up here on the podcast for a future episode. And that book you're looking for, 
That's free at the moment. My book is Seethings, S-E-E-T-H-I-N-G-S, plural to seething, meaning getting angry, steadily getting worse. That's available from smashwords.com. Go to smashwords.com, type in Michael Foreman or Seethings, S-E-E-T-H-I-N-G-S, and you'll be able to download a copy of it almost immediately. In fact, if you were to download it now, you'd be able to read the first page before this podcast ends. There are websites out there, forums, where people are talking about this subject all the time. One of the forums that I've been giving a big shout out to has been I live in a sexlessmarriage.org, I-L-I-A-S-M.org, I-L-I-A-S-M.org. That's the acronym to I live in a sexless marriage. And there are people out there who are hurting like you, got their own experiences to share. Maybe you would like to pop your experience up on the website there too, and maybe um, you might even find an answer to the questions you're looking for. In many cases, there aren't real answers to it. It's just a shared experience. It's a perfect way to vent because there's nobody to talk to. You can't talk to your family about it, but you can talk to a bunch of strangers who are in a similar situation and let fly. (laughs) You can give them all the details of your inner life and know that you are amongst friends. And sometimes just shedding that anger and that frustration will get you past the next couple of weeks. At least you know it's out there. And you've been able to rationalize it in your head as to how you feel. I know that when I was finishing up in my marriage, I couldn't rationalize anything. I was so furious. I'd invested all this time and it was going nowhere. I should have seen it. I should have done something about it long, long time before this. Anyway, I had to stop beating myself up about it. I went into the relationship with my eyes open and with good intentions. And I think I behaved in the best possible way I could for the situation I was presented with. The outcomes today are what they needed to be, divorce. And things are brighter, happier, um, the future is much better, and you know I can walk around with a spring in my step now. And I hope wherever you are in the world that you are going to have a better future. I can't promise when or how it's going to happen, but if you make the right decisions for the right reasons, I think that you can find a way out of this terrible sexlessness fog that you're a part of. Anyway, I finish off my episodes with the same catch cry. I know we all wanted a happy ever after and a fairy tale finish to our lives, but the fact is it doesn't always go that way. So I finish off my podcast with the same catch cry. Just remember, it can always rain on your parade. See you later.